Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Building Your Extraordinary Business Radio Program with your host, Jim Nemley, President and CEO of the Extraordinary Business Builders. This show is designed to instruct business owners on what they must know to survive and grow. Why be ordinary when you can be extraordinary? Now, here's your host, Jim Nemley. Good evening, everybody. Are you ready to get your influence on? I hope you are, because we have a terrific show tonight. My guest this evening is Dr. Karen Keller. She's an author and creator of the Keller Influence Indicator. K2 is what it's known as, and you're going to be hearing all about that tonight. She's a clinical psychologist and a master certified coach specializing in influence and human behavior. Dr. Keller, how are you? Oh, fine, Jim. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Well, believe me, I thank you for being on the show, and I'm absolutely certain that my audience is going to thank you for being on the show mm-hmm. as well. Wow, you uncover, well, well, not just uncover, but you help people get that key to uncover so many of the problems that lie dormant in their minds, you know, and it's funny, I was listening to one of you, watching one of your videos, and uh, you were saying how, you know, do you ever wonder why someone else out there is doing all of this and you can't seem to do this? Do you ever wonder what's wrong with you? Wow! It's almost like you spoke to everybody in the world and came up with the consensus, didn't you? Well, you know, it's interesting to to hear that because I I think the coaches that are listening, even the business people that are listening to your program right now, um, every one of us have been in a situation where we're looking at the person across the street or the person down the hall in the next office and we're going, wow, everything looks perfect. You know, they've got the great job. They're in line for the promotion. Their their family is wonderful, and they're giving back to the community, and they really seem to be pretty happy. And we ask ourselves these questions is, what are they doing, whoever they are, and I'm not doing it, you know. And so, you know, I'm glad that you brought that up because that's one of the things that I've seen in my practice um, as an executive coach um, in businesses and trainings and things that I've done with companies um, there's that's a nagging question that keeps coming up, and it's you know we direct it back to ourselves. So that's kind of where I started looking when I when I um, sat down and I, I wrote the K2 you know uh, influence assessment. Wow! So tell us about your journey to becoming such a strong leader in the world of influence. Well, it started, I could go back to when I was 12 years old. <laughs> no, it's really, this is, this is funny because I grew up on a farm in northern Minnesota. My parents were farmers, and they were, I will tell you, my best teachers that I've ever had. And, and you know, and I've got my uh, Ph.D. in clinical psychology. I still go back and say my parents were my best teachers. Um, they taught me the basics. And they taught me to be true to myself and to be who I am. Now, I can't say I've always done that because sometimes we wear a mask or sometimes we want to always fit in. But going back to that has always been my saving grace, if you will. So when I was 12 years old, we moved off the farm into town, which is like 10,000 people. And 
I went to a new school, so I went from a country school, 22 kids, to 286 kids. And I knew nobody. And my father gave me this book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yes. I had no idea um, what it was or who Dale Carnegie was. Uh, I read it, and I thought, you know what, I can do this. I can, you know, you know, talk and, and be friendly and, and get people on my side and whatever. Um, as an, as a, a, you know, 12-year-old girl, it didn't really work for me because kids are cruel. But mm. I will tell you that that made an impact on my life. I still have that book. It's torn. It's written. It's dog-eared. It's highlighted. And I, I've gone back to that repeatedly as I've grown through the stages in my life. And so just a little bit of that history you can appreciate, and your audience will probably appreciate, and maybe some of them can really relate to this, is that when I came to a time in my life where I wanted to do something different and shift my business and my business model, I thought, what is it that I know? What is it that I've been working with with people from all different walks of life, if you will? And after several months of brainstorming and lots of flip charts all around my home and my office and whatnot, I realized that it came down to how we impacted each other. And that that was a major focus of the work that I did with uh, CEOs, with executives, uh, with business owners, entrepreneurs, and um so I started to look in that area, and influence kind of you know just came to me about, and I immediately went back how to win friends and influence people, and I started thinking about it in a different perspective than what is normally thought about when you think about influence, and um, so I decided okay. I, of course, have read, and there's there's so many great readers. There's a great research in influence, and um, and I'm talking about the good stuff. I'm not talking about the fly-by-night stuff. I'm talking about the really good stuff, you know, from Carnegie, from, you know, John Maxwell, you know, Scott Peck, all these different authors that have really done some very good work and research in the area. And I thought, you know, that stuff was really good. It's solid. It's there. It works. But for me, it seemed that something was kind of missing. And what I come to realize after kind of thinking through this and working through this is that there's something that um, is more of a predecessor to that type of influence. And I call it being influential. Mm. And so I started looking at there's a difference between being influential and influencing. And, for instance... Great influencers, um, people, you know, when they talk about, well, to influence things, you know, you have reciprocity, you have scarcity, you have a sense of urgency, and those things are very much a part of the human condition, but they're fairly external to us, and they do work, um, but I wanted something more, and that led me to an internal focus. So, for instance, if you influence, you show up in the room and you need to say or do something to get someone to react or to respond or to behave or to make a change. And I saw that as what, uh, you know, kind of modern-day, you know, scholars were talking about as far as influence. Well, my definition of being influential means all I need to do is show up in the room. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't need to do anything. 
And so that was really got the wheels turning, and it started me thinking about these two ideas are very different, yet they need each other in many respects. And I realized for me that the piece about being influential is very much something that comes first and to make my influence, you know, real and long-lasting and authentic, that type of thing. You know, I've had people that have come up to me and they said, you know what, Karen, I know exactly how to shake a hand so I can influence somebody that I'm meeting for the first time. And, and wow. inside, I kind of chuckle, and I'm going, okay, and how long does it last, you know? <laughs> you know, but the, but the thing is, and so I started separating these two. I started taking a look, and um, I started writing material about being influential and what that all involved. And that is, you know, that thinking and moving in that direction really led me to the indicator, the influence indicator. So, um yeah, you know, it's it 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 was a process and it, it and even just talking about it now, it sounds like, wow, this happened like in a couple of hours, but actually it was about, you know, 6-7 months. <laughs> Where, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm going, "Wait a second, something's missing." And you know, you just feel like you're kind of floundering and you're thinking, "Well, why am I going back into the office? Um, you know, why am I up late? Why am I, you know, reading this material? What is it that's that's coming together, and you know, I guess I just trusted the process, and it, it started to come together for me, and it, and it became clear. Um, it developed a lot of clarity around it, and I said, I'm going to put this out there. I'm wow. going to share what my thoughts and what my ideas were with the world, because, and as you know, you're a very successful executive coach yourself, and you go into business, you go into, and, and you know, coaches, and, uh, you know, we see a whole different side of business than a business person does that's, that's right. actually in it. You know, we're really on the outside observing, watching, looking. It's like that fly on the wall, you know. <laughs> and for me, um, and maybe you too, but for me, I saw a lot of things that, didn't work so well. Um, I saw a lot of people get hurt. I saw things and deals that went wrong because there was misunderstanding or people had hidden agendas or, you know, just all these Uh. different kinds of dynamics going on. And I thought to myself, if we could really understand and, and appreciate or have a certain awareness of how we impact each other, we can work better together. And, and that was kind of the impetus behind all of this. Um, you know, and so, and that was a, that was pretty much a driving force, actually, of how can we make the business world better? And that's really the reason I want to share this message with the world, um, because I know we can. I've seen people do it, but I want to see it on a big scale. And and um, you know, at the stage in my life, I'm putting it out there. I'm having fun with it. Um, it's it's been exciting. You know, you asked me, you know, so where did the idea come for the K2? Um, it was about 2 o'clock in the morning. I work from home, and my office is in my home, and I am up late, and all of a sudden I realized, wait a second, people want to know more than just what I'm telling them. They want to know more about themselves. Right. And I thought, I need to measure influence. So I run down the hall and I go wake up my husband and I say, "Hey, guess what I'm going to do?" You know, and he's like, "What? You know, what now? You know, is the house on fire?" <laughs> and I'm like, "No, no, no, no! I got this great idea." 
And it took me about three days to realize that you can't measure influence, you know, unless I follow you around and, you know, for a year and whatever. But I do know that you can measure potential. And that's what started the wheels going. And um, I sat down. And it took me about three months, and I wrote the uh, Keller Influence Indicator. And um, it was a journey. Um, there were times that I wanted to just say, why am I doing this? And uh. there, there were times, like, I couldn't get it out fast enough because all these ideas are occurring to me. And um, But that's what happened. I, I started thinking about potential because, you know what? Every single person has potential. Wow. Everyone has potential. Wow. Wow. You know what? I, I, I see that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about influence. How do you or what is your d- definition of influence? My definition of influence is um, how I impact myself and how I impact the people around me. And it's And it sounds simple. And then you open up the can that says how I impact people around me. And you look inside and you say, wow, there are so many things that I'm not even aware of that truly have an impact on on my neighbors, on my family, um, and on myself. And the other part about this definition of influence is um, accountability. Uh, I, I think it's so important that... You know, me, myself, I include myself in all of this, by the way. You know, how I run my business, how I interact with my clients, um, how I, you know, uh, discuss things and and do my work and and stuff. You know, I hold myself accountable for being aware and for giving my best. Um, But I think that whole thing about self-knowledge, that's, something that became very apparent to me. You know, we talk about awareness, and, you know, to me that's kind of like, um, you know, sometimes that's a little cloudy, if you will. Uh-huh. So I prefer to say self-knowledge. You know, what what do I know about myself? And there's times, and I'm sure you with clients as well, where they people don't have um, the self-knowledge or they don't acknowledge that they have that. You know, I mean, sometimes it's kind of scary to take a look under the hood <laughs> and see if all the cylinders are firing, so to speak, you know. And if they're not, what are we going to do about it? And wow. so that's what that's what came about when, you know, you talk about the definition of influence. And when we, um, I say we, you know, I have a team of people that I work with and that are very, um, very, very good. Um, and, um, but when I, when we took a look at this, I decided that there's got to be a way to look at potential. And so basically what I did was I started and I identified through research 34 traits of successful people. And I had a whole different um, list and method of how I determined whether someone was successful or not. And it wasn't always because of power or position. It was just because of um, acknowledgement or success that they've had. You know, like Gandhi, for one, um, Christ, for another, Mother Teresa, people that um, didn't have position, but because of 
how they were, who they were, made them extremely influential. Martin Luther King, Nelson Mandela, that type of thing. So what we did was identified 34 traits, and we did a Q-sort system, and we narrowed them down to seven influence traits. And that's what I call them, the seven influence traits. And um, if, you know, uh, your readers aren't familiar with it yet, the seven traits that we identified through our research of influential people are confidence, commitment, courage, passion, um, empowering, trustworthiness, and likability. And we all have those. You know, right, and so, right. so, yeah, when I was putting this instrument together, I decided that I was going to use language that we've all known since we were like nine years old. <laughs> I wasn't going to I wasn't going to call people an otter or a giraffe or an elephant or say that you're blue, green or, you know, pink or purple or something like that. Because to me, you know, and I love these other instruments. They serve the purpose and I uh, some of them I've used extensively and still do. Um, but this is very different, and I wanted it to be very clear. We all have a definition, and it may be different for some people, but we all have a de- definition of courage. Mm. And so wow. I I purposefully stuck to the words and the language that people know because I wanted to make it simple, you know? Wow. Well, I can see that that you've done that. You've brought it down to them where they live. That mm-hmm. is just absolutely fabulous. For those of you that joined us late and you know exactly who you are, my guest this mm-hmm. evening is Dr. Karen Keller. She's an author and the creator of the Keller Influence Indicator, K2. She's a clinical psychologist and a master certified coach specializing in influence in human behavior. Dr. Keller develops programs, materials, and resources relating to the art of influence. Her latest influence report, Soccer, that's S-O-C-R, incorporates a person's seven influence traits that we were talking about as related to the five organizational competencies. Dr. Keller speaks to groups around the globe about the impact of influence in business and relationships. Some of her clients are American Express, PepsiCo, Pizza Hut, Lear, Wabash, and Wabash National. Uh, Dr. Keller, how can folks find out uh, all about what you're doing? How can they uh, uh, get involved with K2? How can they play a little bit of soccer? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> oh, I love that. That's good. That's great. In fact, the the whole thing around soccer, people get it right away, which is exciting. You know, because everybody loves soccer. You know, a good friend of ours uh, went to the the World Championships in in South America last year. Mm. Wow. <laughs> so, so how can people find it? Well, my um, the website is Karen K A R E N dash Keller K E L L E R dot com. And you can go to that website and find and read a lot of information. We have infographics. We have videos. We have different things on all these seven traits, um, influence traits. We have information about the assessment itself and also about the reports. And um, we are offering a uh, free trial, K2, the Keller Influence Indicator, so people can sample it and uh, see what it is. And it, it, you actually take the assessment, 
and you get a piece of a report. And, um, and it, so it gives you kind of a sneak peek or a preview of you um, and, and what it pulls out from the report, which is, which is really cool because it's objective, because it's based on the person's responses through the uh, assessment. So if people are interested, they can they can go there, and there's uh, information there as far as emailing us or giving us a direct call. That's fine too. I'm always excited to talk to people about it um, because it's really been a fun process and journey as well. Now, folks, hurry up and do just that because I I've known over many many years so many people who have asked the same questions that Dr. Keller has been reaching out to give you the answer to. All right, so many of you have those questions. So many of you are frustrated in your endeavors because you push so hard and you don't feel like you're getting anywhere and you start looking outside of yourself for what the problem might be when the problem might be that person you look at in the mirror and with some adjustments you may be able to overcome. So make certain that you jump on that website. Mm-hmm. Find out everything. Get Try the free trial offer. Go for it. Don't play games. Go for it. All right. Mm-hmm. Now tell me something. Is influence about soft skills? And what impact does it have on a person's ability to succeed? Wow, that's a really good question. That's a that's a double whammy there. I'll say, okay, so is influence about soft skills? Hmm. I would answer that this way. Influence is about all skills, soft and hard skills. Hard skills. I'm an engineer. Can I design something? If I'm not competent, guess what? My design isn't maybe going to be very good. Um, if I'm not trustworthy, am I going to to find out all the research and information that I need to know to design the bridge I have to build. And those are very hard skills. So we go to the soft skills, and we talk about what it takes to communicate, to be a great leader, um, to be a good follower, um, you know, to be part of a team, those types of things, those soft skills. Is that important? You know, it's important to have courage to speak up in a team meeting when there's misinformation on the table. Um, you know, it takes um, a lot, you know, you talk about a soft skill, um, negotiating. How do you negotiate? People that are great negotiators also have a lot of passion. So to answer the question about influence as a soft skill, I say influence is um, a tool that's used in all skills. Because when I define influence, I look at those seven traits you know and and I see each of them playing a different role because you know it's kind of like um you know the reporter who writes the who when why where and and how um I carry my seven traits with me all the time and so do you and so does everybody listening right, we have right. them with us all the time and um and and what the instrument that I you know I talk, come back to a little bit but what I think is important is that people really understand where they are with each of these seven traits, you know? Where are you with your confidence? You know, what potential are you leaving on the table, basically? Because I have found, and I think maybe you have too, when you work with, with, you know, clients at all levels of the spectrum as an executive coach, um, people do leave a lot of talent on the table. 
Oh, yes. And, and they leave a lot of potential on that table. And I want people to find out exactly what potential they have and what they can do to grow their, you know, their influence in that. So now, Jim, tell me, what was the second part of that question? Oh, the second part, is it important for people to know the difference? Yeah, yeah, I think I think it is. I think that, you know, it kind of comes back to that accountability piece I spoke about earlier, mm-hmm. that it's important for me to understand um, when I'm being influential. Um, it's important for me to understand and accept that influence. Sometimes, you know, this is really kind of a funny concept, but sometimes we have influence and we really don't want it. But it's there. It's like somebody puts it in our lap, you know. And and so here we are. Um, you know, one of the other questions that comes to mind uh, when you know we talk about this whole concept about influence and the work that we do, whether you know we're consulting or training or coaching, is how many times have we all heard the the question, or even myself, I've done it, is how can I make a difference? Uh. You know, and so when I think about that and I reflect on what that means, that means my difference is made because I'm really taking responsibility and I'm developing and increasing the positive um, and authentic or real impact that I have on people or on my environment, that type of thing, you know. And and I think it's really, it's kind of a cool thing when you can do that. I mean, um in in the material that we've been putting out and putting out our message and blogging about it and and everything, um, it, it's turning into this movement where um, we get questions, we get a lot of emails, and I answer every one of them. Um, you know, talking about you know where does this all lead? Well, it leads to better relationships. It leads to you know people are sleeping at night. <laughs> mm, right, know? right. Yeah, right. yeah. You know, so, I mean, you know, yeah, there there is a difference. And, and I think that, you know, for me, as I said earlier, one of the biggest differences is defining the difference between being influential where I just show up or I just, you know, you know, meet someone and having or influencing, which is where I really need to be active in it. And, um, you know, and these traits... And like I said, they're all very important. You know, the other thing that's interesting about this, um, we ran, when we developed this assessment, we ran a beta uh, test group. And we got, um, it's, everything is scientifically validated and it's highly reliable. We um, were very pleased with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I got to know people in our pilot group. Um, we had them with us for about a 15-month period. Mm-hmm. And they they gave us such rich feedback on the impact that the assessment had on them. I had one gentleman, he contacted me, and he owned a marketing or advertising um, company. And um, we set up a time to meet, and the first thing he said to me is he said, you know what, Dr. Keller, I need to ask you, do you know my mother? <laughs> and, and I said, uh, I was not I was a little foggy about what he meant. And I go, uh, no, do we know each other? No, he said, but when I read this report, you only could have known these things because you spoke to my mother. <laughs> you know? And so, I mean, and we had a lot of comments very similar to that. But what that started to tell me is that the information people received in their reports hit close to home and was very relevant to them. 
and um, and then we designed it that way because it's base. It's very customized, extremely customized, and um, and so you know we we went through that whole process, and it was very interesting for me. I became the learner actually when we were testing this because I was learning so much about what I created. I had no idea that it would really have an effect on people the way it has. You know, um, and so that's been an exciting part of my journey. Wow, that's that's really awesome. You know, you were speaking about uh, uh, influence and being influential. What's the difference? Well, influence is, um, to me, more of an external process. And being influential is an internal process. Influential is a state of being, whereas um, influence is more of a state of doing, which you put the two together, they're extremely effective. Um, but when I think about, uh, you know, the, the doing part, so let's say you're in a company or you're in your business or whatever, one of the things that I can guarantee is that whatever is going wrong, whatever uh-huh. kinds of conflict that you have, or on the other side, whatever's going right and all the great things and success you're having, if you take a look at all those items, I guarantee that in 10 minutes I can relate each one of those items, good or bad, back to one or more of these seven traits. Wow. You know, and, and, and it's like people in companies experience success because they have employees, they have partners, they have vendors, they have clients that they have encouraged to be passionate, to be likable, you know, to to take a risk. That means courage. Um, mm-hmm. And I can also say that the things that where there's conflict and they're not quite meeting their quarter quarterly goals or year end goals when they're not when things aren't going right. Again, it's the lack of confidence. It's that you know we have people sometimes that aren't. Um, making the commitment that they need to make, or it's a misplaced commitment. And so we can take these, you know, we can take any situation or dynamic and trace it back to one or more of the seven traits, which I think is very um, instrumental in helping people correct mistakes or helping people to have more success, Mm. you know. That is really awesome. I, I am I'm really thrilled about this. I really am. And for you folks that may have joined us late, later than the last group of people that I was chastising. All right, but I'm doing it in a nice way. My guest this evening is Dr. Karen Keller. She is an author and the creator of the Keller Influence Indicator, K2. That's what we've been talking about this evening. Now, the K2 is the first influence assessment designed to help people understand the exact influence traits it takes in order to create the change they want to see, both in their personal and professional lives. The K2 is a scientifically scientifically validated assessment that accurately measures a person's capacity to be influential. Wow. Dr. Keller, can you tell them how they can get their hands on this? Oh, thanks Jim. That's that's great what you're what you're saying. Um it's it's I feel honored that you're, you know, saying these kind things and and stuff. Um, The listeners here, 
they can find out more information. And uh, there's, a, there's a lot of content on our site. It's karen-keller.com. And there, uh, there's an email on the site you will find. There's a phone number that you can call if you want to talk to somebody live. And I'll tell you this, that when you make that call, you most likely will get me directly. <laughs> Uh. I, I'm, I'm very hands-on, and I love to talk to people. I love to get feedback. And on the site, you will find an opportunity to take a trial K2 assessment, and that's where you get to take the whole assessment, but you get a piece or a sneak peek of your report. And then you can upgrade if you wish to get the full thing or the second report as well. But it gives you a taste of... Um, of yourself from the eyes of influence and how influential you could be and what your potential is. So thanks, wow. Jim. No, no, I, I am so happy that you're giving this this information because, again, I know so, 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 so many people who could benefit greatly from this. I mean, they are awesome. They have that potential, but it's very deep inside of them. And just when you think it's coming to the surface, it hides back there again somewhere <laughs> behind the liver, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and we turn out the light and we go to bed or we walk away as fast as we can. And, um, and it, it, it's amazing. One of the, I said earlier that I've been learning a lot about um, the impact that this has had on people and, um, and the stories and the things that have been remarkable um, from people. Uh, that that have taken it and that are using it. Um, and so that's been an exciting piece, too. But um, the awareness is is the biggest thing and, and how it's changed people's attitudes toward themselves, mm. you know. Mm. And sometimes that can be kind of scary, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, do I really want to find out how likable I really am, you know, that kind of thing. And, and so... I applaud people that take this because it does take courage to say, you know what, I'm going to pull back the curtain, I'm going to take a look, and and I want to see, you know, what is this saying about me? Um, because it is based on your own, you know, the person's or individual's responses on the assessment. Um, mm. And it was designed intentionally that way. And it's pretty unlikely that two people would get the same scores across all scales. And people also get a total influence score called a K-factor score, which wow. gives your total number. And uh, the reports also show you where you are within the general population, the norming group that we used for this assessment. So it's kind of cool. There's not a lot that of is. eye candy. I'm going to warn people right now. It's about a 45 to 50-page report, the first one. Mm -hmm. And like I said, there's not a lot of eye candy. There's a lot of content, though. And so that's that's something that people dig into. I had one woman, actually she's from your neck of the woods, she's from New York. Uh -huh. And um I was uh she called and we connected and she said I have this with me all the time when I ride the subway. And I said, mm. "Really?" And she said, "Yeah." She said, "I have it marked up and highlighted. I have questions." And she said, "When I go into a big meeting, I look at the trait that I think I need to use in that meeting, and I brush up on what my report tells me about it. And then she said, when I get done with a meeting, um, uh, or she she leads, you know, she oversees several teams is what she does in her line of work. Anyway, she said, when I get done, 
and I'm I'm leaving the office, she said, I pull out my report and I think, okay, here were some of my challenges, you know, because the report identifies blind spots with regard to each of the seven traits. And so she said, I take a look and I go, okay, I think about, you know, did I did I get what I needed to have from that meeting? Did people walk away satisfied? Did we have, um, you know, our direction and action plan set, blah, blah, blah. And she said, then I take a look at my blind spots and I say, did any of them pop up? So, mm. it, you know, she, and that was, that again was something learned by, you know, I learned like, wow, how this woman was using this, piece of information about herself, the report, um, to help guide her in how she's leading in her company. That is you know? awesome. As a matter of fact, it, it, it seems to me that K2 is the antithesis to self-sabotage. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. It absolutely is. I, I, I visualize, I had a gentleman on my show maybe about, six or seven months ago when he was mm-hmm. dealing in the whole area of self-sabotage mm-hmm. and how so many people are impacted by that. And right. I'm listening to what you're saying, and I'm putting the two together, and I'm saying, and I, had, I just had a major aha moment, Great. you know. Aha, this is the antithesis to self-sabotage. Wow. Mm-hmm. How do I stay away from that ledge? Oh, I know. I I study my report, even when I'm going into a meeting where I could really blow it. You know. <laughs> right. Well, and you know, it, this you made me think of something kind of new here. Um, I don't know how familiar you. I know you would be, but your the listeners uh, that are listening to your show right now, something called the self fulfilling prophecy. Oh, you know, yeah. we entertain certain beliefs about ourselves, <laughs> and oftentimes they're just smack dab barriers right in the middle of our head, you know, and we say, this is the way I am. And so then we create everything around us to treat us like we think we are. Yes. And 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 that kind of comes into what you're saying. And some and you know, oftentimes we're not even aware that we're doing that to ourselves, you know. That self fulfilling prophecy. But this really um opens up a door. You know, it's Uh um it I, I think of it in you know, when I think of it, I think of it as the difference between shifting and change. You know, when I define the word change, uh-huh. I think about, you know, you can change your clothes, you can change the words that you use, you can change the way you drive home, but you can always do something else different, too. You can go back to the words you used to use. You can go back to wearing the clothes you always wore. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to shift... The way that I describe that, somebody says, you know, Karen, what do you mean by shift? Because I do talk a lot about making a shift when it comes to these traits. And I think of this. The way that I would describe shift is pretend with me that you're walking into a room and you see a door. And you go over there and you open up that door. And the more you open it and you look inside, what you see is an elephant wearing red sneakers. (laughs) And so when you close that door, you cannot forget that there's an elephant wearing red sneakers in that closet. And so once you've made that shift, as you would seeing the elephant with red sneakers, you can't shift back. 
You mm-hmm. don't forget what you have learned. You've made a shift. And that's how important I think it is in the, in our business world today that we get to be lucky enough to work with fellow coworkers and supervisors and and owners and whatnot that are capable of shifting on that level and and appreciate that. Because I think that that's what makes us all better business people or workers or whatever have whatever you call it. Because we're able to shift when it comes to um, seeing where our confidence is, for example. And so wow. the way I can, the only way I can describe or define shift is the elephant with red sneakers. Now, Jim, I know you're never going to forget that. <laughs> I am never. I'm going to wake up tomorrow, all right? I'm going to be, you know, t- tomorrow, you know Fridays. I become, I become the road warrior on Friday. There you go. <laughs> all right, because there there are several clients that I actually go out and visit them. Mm-hmm. You know, I typically don't do that, but there's there are two, and they aren't either end of the island. Mm -hmm. And as I get out there, I know I'm going to be sitting there and we're going to be going over something extremely critical and I'm going to start giggling and they're going to say, what's the matter with you? And I'm going to say, (laughs) I see an elephant with red sneakers. Thank you for shifting with me. That's wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I couldn't think of any other way to really describe it without getting so um, stuffy. (laughs) And so I Mm. said, you know what, this is something my my granddaughter would understand. You know, Grandma, there's an Mm. elephant with red sneakers. (laughs) Mm. You know, so. But I think that shifting is is much deeper than making a change. And change has its place and has its value. But I but I believe that shifting is much more foundational. You know, wow. it's something that's solid, it's something that we can build on. And so, you know, I ask people, you know, I feel and I don't know, you know, there's been thousands of people that have taken this assessment and I don't know most of them. But I do know and I take responsibility for that I am asking them to shift because once you read your reports, you do make a shift because you don't forget what it tells you about you. Uh-huh. You know, and that's exciting, but it's kind of scary. Like I said earlier, you know, a little bit of, you know, you're kind of scared. So, you know, I applaud people who take this because you do have to have courage to kind of take a peek inside sometimes, you know. <laughs> I would imagine that you would have to, you know. But, again, that's where the problem lies. So if I'm not looking there, I'm not solving the problem either. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. Now, you, you you talk about influence as being the number one tool that everyone should possess. Mm-hmm. Explain what you mean by that. Well, it, it, this kind of comes back to my parents. Um, I was raised uh, very much in that, um, you know, the golden rule, you know. And, and, you know, you treat people like you want to be treated. And um, you take responsibility. Even, you know, when you're young, you know, the right and wrong, you're taught. And and that was really important to me. Um, and so I, I lived by those some very, very basic, very simple kinds of rules. And, you know, so when I think about... Um, influence being a tool that everybody needs we all have it we may call it something else 
sometimes people call it manipulation, you know, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I suppose sometimes, you know, you, you know, you, you and I both have seen that at work. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, oh, yes. And, and sometimes people don't even realize they're doing it and they call it influence. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> but I, I think that influence is such a, a part because when when people, you know, for instance, I have a conversation with my daughter. There's influence going on both ways. And and when I take a look at, okay, you know, I think asking myself, how do I want to make a difference, but how do I want to, you know, how, you know, uh, honest can I be in this relationship, you know, whether it's with a, between a parent and child or spouses or, you know, in the work setting or even in your community when you're doing your, you know, charity work and you're giving back and that type of thing. We're all influenced every Every exchange, every um, conversation, every look is, you know, you're influencing. You know, you think mm. about all of the nonverbal um, positions and facial expressions and things, even just your eyes. You know, the research says your eyes are extremely influential to another person. <laughs> and so I think appreciating that and saying, yeah, you know, that's really true. Um, and then we go forward from there and we look at, okay, so who am I as an influencer? Because everybody in this world is an influencer. And here's the neat part about it is that you can choose to what extent and to how you want to influence. It's up to us. Right. You know, it's like we said, you know, you, you, you can look at your report, you can, you know, do these things, you can journal, you can learn about yourself, and that's totally up to the person you know you're i think one of the things that i um that i've started to um glean from this whole process is that we are in charge of our own lives you know so much um we can all blame somebody else for things well yes maybe somebody got the the promotion over me because he was you know the boss's nephew that type of thing. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that we um, we influence how we hear things, we influence how we respond to whatever happens to to us, and we also influence the actions and the behaviors that we put out there, too, and how we express ourselves. And so, you know, putting this all together, you know, um, creates something that just is life. But influencing, I mean... I have a uh, a thing on the on the site that people can get um an influence action every week. And one of the very first ones is that you influence your entire day by how you decide to wake up. Mm-hmm. Whether it's how you want to feel when you wake up. And I'm not talking about physical illness, I'm talking about emotional and our mindset and our attitude. Uh-huh. And and it and it's how you want to see your day. You know, the you know, um, those are that's the first start of our influence for the day, and we continue to influence until we go to sleep. It's happening all day long, and you know what? Wow. Marketers know this, <laughs> and they're very good at how to use it too. <laughs> you know, oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? I teach marketing, and are you kidding me? Oh gosh, That's, we play with it. You uh-huh. know? 
Yep. And then I also teach sales, so it's about the Socratic questioning process and on and on and on. Are you kidding me? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. NLP, body language, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it's everything is all wound around that, and the person who understands and can utilize it the best wins. Right, right, exactly. Well, and you know, you know, going back to your question about influence being a tool everybody needs to possess, I think if you're in business, you know, I look at business as a competitive sport, mm-hmm. and there's rules and there's fair fairness in all of it. And and I know that if you want to, you know, stay in the game, um, influence is your game changer. Mm. Um, you know, you want to stand out. You want to win. Uh, you want to get ahead. You you want to, you know, sell your ideas. You want people to understand your message. And, you know, um, and I think that influence is is critical to that entire process. You know, so wow. exactly. Wow. Well, what impact on businesses do you think being influential has on their success? What What about the impact? Well, I think that um, in influ- being influential. Okay, so you're in business, and let's say you have a multi-level business or marketing, mm-hmm. you know, business model. Uh huh. And you have different levels of people, and the business owners uh, that are, you know, you know, uh, whether it's makeup or it's household items or whatever it could be, the business owners, for example, think of it this way: these seven traits. Let's just pick one. Uh, let's say courage. If by taking this assessment and building, the, you know, let's say ten percent of your business owners in the field increase their courage by 50%. Imagine what that would do. They would make more cold calls. They would feel uh, they would have the courage to follow up. They would have the courage to educate themselves more and their potential clients. And when you develop that type of uh, process, just because you've increased your courage, it increases your bottom line. You know, wow. um, if I, if, uh, you know, if, uh, let's say I'm, uh, you know, Target, the Target stores, uh-huh. and there's people there working, um, let's take at all levels, if we improve the likability of that company's employees by 5%, I guarantee it'll increase their bottom line. Because, as you know, I buy from people I know, like, and trust. That's right. That's right. And so, yeah, and, you know, like, I had one person that called, and we set up a time, we talked, and his likability score was on the lower end. Everything else was pretty good. Some stuff was really high. And he said, I don't understand this. He said, you know, I... um, He was um, in the financial business, and and he said, I do very well, uh, my clients and whatever. But he said, I don't understand why my likability score is so low. And we visited and we talked about it and we looked at it and And he shared with me what his score was and what his report was saying about it. And, and he was just dumbfounded. And I said, well, let's look at it this way. What can you do to become more likable than you already are? 
And he started coming up with all these things that he could do. I could listen better. He said I could talk um, only, you know, about, about other people, not just about myself. He started identifying all these kinds of things, and I'm writing down this list. And I said, okay, let's review. And I gave him the short list, and I said, look at all the things that you can do to increase your likability. What will that mean to your business? And there was just dead silence on the phone. And my, wow. the point of I'm, I'm telling this story uh, or this, you know, um, feedback that I got on, on the assessment, the reason I'm telling you this story is because he had no idea that his likability could be improved. Wow. And you know what? I think I'm pretty likable, too. But who knows? Who <laughs> knows? Who and we all knows? fall into that trap. Sure, we, we all think we're really do. trustworthy or that we think we're empowering other people all the time. But maybe there's more room or we have the potential to do more, which would make our life a lot easier. And so that's what I see the use for it in business because business isn't just about business. Business is about people. That's right. Yeah. That is so right. You know who's losing their likability factor? Who? Uh, I am because people are telling me, Jim, why don't you shut up and let her give the website, give her phone number, give her social sites so we can learn more about this. So you know what I'm going to do? Mm -hmm. I'm going to make them like me again. Dr. Keller, can you just (laughs) give them that information? Okay, thanks. That that was a really cool way you put that, by the way. And you are highly <laughs> likable, Jim. So, uh, you know, listeners out there, I think you'll agree he is very likable. <laughs> my the the you can find all that information um, on my website, which is Karen K A R E N dash Keller K E L L E R dot com, and you will find our number there. You will find our email. You will find all our social sites. Um, my Twitter handle is at Karen Keller. Uh, my Facebook is Karen Keller Influence It. Uh, let's see here. I'm on LinkedIn, um, but uh, you know, but but join me on the site. Um, we have a place on there where uh, we encourage people to send us their comments. I, I really enjoy hearing how people can use this. Um, questions they have about it. Um, things that, that that they're not sure of about it, uh, that type of thing, that's fine. So please, you know, um, I believe in accessibility. Um, I, you know, if you call our number, I will most likely answer the phone, <laughs> you know. Um, and so I can't always guarantee it, but, you know, I always do that. But I do always respond to people and, um, so, you know, and that's part of the journey and that's, that's why I'm here because I think that this message and how people receive this message, that's something that I want to pay attention to and it's very important to me. No, that, know, so that's awesome. Thanks for letting me share that. No, I'm glad that you did because I think that people really, really, really need to start uh, thinking about this whole process of influence and being influential. It is so, so important, so absolutely important. Mm-hmm. And we don't talk enough about it. I think that there's a lot of talk about influence, all right? And I think there's yeah. a lot of uh, ways in which people define influence and people want to influence and they're not catching the whole 
thing, and 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 whatever they're doing might be an imitation of the real thing, and right. because of that, they're not getting the appropriate results. I, I really appreciate your your comment, an imitation of the real thing. Um, thank you for saying that. I think that that's a very key phrase because we don't want to be an imitation of ourselves, and uh. we don't want to imitate what we think influence really is. Um, and so I think that that's really good. Thanks for thanks for using that phrase. That was good. Now, I thought that that was very important to do so because of the fact that I've seen people use a lot of things, and you mentioned it before, uh, with regard to influence, like, for instance, manipulation, intimidation, right. uh, even with negotiation. What is mm-hmm. the role of influence in all of those? Well, the role of influence, sometimes people think they, they want to call it influence. Um, sometimes we run into people that they know they're manipulators and they know that they're um, intimidators, but they hope that people that they're doing it to will see it as influence. <laughs> you know, um, The role of influence, I don't think influence really is in the same, you know, it's like we have this um, what to do and then we have what not to do. And um, some of those things that you mentioned, the, you know, the intimidation, bullying, um, manipulating, uh, those are things not to do because it never ends well. Mm. And and I think that that's something. And some people just never learn that. Um, but they're pretty miserable if they say they're not. They're lying. <laughs> oh, know. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think, you know, going back to the influence and being influential in your world and in your environment People are happy. You know, they do it with integrity. Um, they're they're looking to have a positive influence, and that doesn't mean that you don't acknowledge when things go wrong or acknowledge areas and challenges that need improving. Um, but there's ways to do that where you can positively influence the the entire dynamic of what's going on. Well, and if only so, people would be conscious about it, you know. Well, and that's what we're working on. <laughs> I know. K2 and let's go soccer. All right, K2 and soccer. You know, Dr. Keller, I have to get you back on the show again. There's <laughs> Thank you. so much more we need to cover. Mm-hmm. I am so serious about that, and, and uh, I think it's just very, very important for people to to understand that there there's ways that you can go about uh, fixing yourself. Okay, mm-hmm. right. in this particular area, like you when you said that all of us have potential for influence. Anyone yes. can. So why don't we? Mm-hmm. Why don't we? And and I know that your report will show people why they don't and help them straighten it out. Mm-hmm. So I'm just so glad to have had you on the show tonight. Um, and I know that my folks are going to be eating this up. And like I said, we're definitely going to have to get back together again on this show. Because, I'd love uh, to. Uh, oh, <laughs> give me a break. This is awesome. I mean, I feel influential now. All right. Well, you I'm are. Gonna go, I'm going to go over there and influence my wife. Uh, maybe <laughs> Thanks not. Thanks <laughs> for having me, Jim. It's been a pleasure. Folks, thank you for listening to this episode of Building Your Extraordinary Business. And uh, Dr. Keller was a joy, and we're going to have her back again. So I'm just going to encourage all of you, have an influential and a blessed week. Good night, all. <laughs>